Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. I'm your host and friend, Reverend Shara McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created just to focus on the tenets of Sunday. is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I am a Christian in recovery, and all Bible readings will be out of the Bribery Study Bible, and you may use any Bible you wish. I have had many spiritual experiences and in gratitude 
you will have ongoing Bible readings. I'm just focused on being my real self and carrying the message given to me. And that's it. I don't have any axe to grind, nothing else. I'm just up here reading the Bible. Uh, the call-in number this morning is 619-924-9744. And Sacred Sunday airs every Sunday. And uh, sometimes it's at 11, and today it was at 1. Sorry about that. Pacific Standard Time. The opening music was by Save, vocal group from the CD Native Angels by Save. And if you want to order a copy, contact Save.org. Um, I want to tell you that they're on Facebook and they do live shows. And you can listen to them on YouTube. And they also have a CD on Amazon. And they used to listen on YouTube for free. And uh, they have some nice pictures to go with it. Anyway, let's do our opening prayer this morning. Let's say together, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you. And also uh, we pray for all Christians being persecuted worldwide. Their freedom to worship and lives are in great jeopardy. They're also burning down churches and every other thing. And we pray for those who lies are to take and for distorted and evil reasons, for they have become martyrs. That's what we believe. We pray for all those suffering from violence here at home and abroad. We pray for those who are sick in mind and body and those who are lonely and uncomforted. Please, God, forgive us for our sins. We pray for those who are suffering from domestic violence here at their own homes and freedom from addiction from all kinds. Please, God, send your Archangel Michael to fight against every evil and protect everyone and all your angels to watch over everyone. Our prayers go out to all those who suffer, the ones in the world, including the animals that can't speak for themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of the policymakers. They have many decisions to make, and we are praying for all countries for problems and suffering all over the world. We want to thank you, God, for every blessing you have given us. And we ask in Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care. And we pray for everybody and their families and our prayers as the holidays are coming up. And those that are doing without, we pray that they have a blessed Thanksgiving. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. And I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving that's coming up uh, next Thursday, and hopefully we can be peaceful and prayerful and um, just see whether it's a TV dinner or whether it's a big old spread. Anyway, we just be grateful for that we're above ground, that we're here together, and we're never alone because our angels will be sitting right with us. So I want to wish everybody a happy and blessed Thanksgiving. And also, there's some birthdays today, Pre, pre-turkey babies, Val Brell. I wish you all the best, Val, and Ivan Tolagoso Gutierrez. And also, I want to say a special happy birthday, Seuss, he goes by Jesus, Payan. We love you, Jesus. And then uh, I want to wish a happy birthday to Sarah Swati uh, Kartika and also Russ Wells and Esteban Teblon. I wish you all a very happy and blessed birthday and a very prosperous year ahead. And uh, if you would like to make us a part of your birthday announcement, go ahead and uh, give me a a little note over on my Facebook page, Charlene Simpson McCain. And um, 
You are very welcome. Well, you know, we finished our Hebrews, and we're really uh, excited now to be moving on to the book of James. And uh, I've read ahead, and there's just some incredible things going on in this book. And uh, these are letters from James. And uh, let me read you the summary, and then I'm going to read you part of the Bible. Remember I said last week that I would uh, read the introduction to James, which is really long. So uh, hopefully we have enough time. Okay, so here's the summary. What up? James here, servant of God, follower of Jesus, all-around good guy. James says that he's writing to the 12 tribes of the dispersion. In other words, Jewish Christians who don't live in the Jewish homeland in Palestine. And what does he have to say? We're glad you asked. For starters, don't fret about tough times. Sure, going through trials and tribulations is no fun, but some good can come out of it. Do tell. Well, it could be a test of your faith. Oh, and it can help you learn to be strong and persevere. So there's that. And then if there's anything you don't know, just ask God about it because he'll fill you on the details. But whatever you do, says James, don't doubt God. God doesn't like it when you're saying one thing and thinking another. Doubting Thomases or Dicks or Harrys get nothing as far as he's concerned. More advice from James. Are you poor? No problem. Anyone who follows Jesus and finds himself short of cash is going to get a major reward very soon. Rich guys, uh-oh, they're going to wither and die like a plant in the scorching sun, and it's not a pretty sight. If you want to do something but don't know, what, but know you shouldn't, keep holding out. That really, that, that really makes God happy. Anyone who stands their ground in the face of temptation is definitely winning. See, James doesn't think that God actually tempts people. You want to eat that extra donut because you think it's delicious, not because God made it delicious. The time to make the donuts guy is kind of like blame, like a, to blame there. Put the blame there. Anyway, when you give into your desires, that means leads to sin, and sin, well, that leads to death. And anything good that we do and everything awesome in the world comes straight from God. That's what James says. God created the world when he showed it the truth, the truth about Jesus, that is. The believers are the first fruits out of everyone in the whole world. They're kind of like hipsters. They were into Jesus before he went mainstream. Anything else? Listen to each other. Don't argue and fight. It makes baby Jesus cry. Besides, if you listen more, you might be able to help someone find God. Be a doer. Don't nod along with when you hear people talk about doing nice things. Go out and do your own good stuff. Seriously, don't be a giant hypocrite. You can't say you're religious and then just go just sit by doing nothing more. Caring about God isn't as important as doing God's work. So get out there and care for some widows and orphans already. So that's the summary of today. And now we're going to go to uh, the book of James. And I'm going to read the foreword because I feel like it's a, a very important. It's a lot of material here. So we might have to make this two, uh, two lessons. So as we come to James, introduction. Its author is James. Date is 45 or 50. The general epistles, James 1 and 2, Peter 1, 2, and 3, and John and Jude are called by the early church the general, universal, or Catholic epistles because their addresses, with the exception of 2 and 3 John, were not limited to a single locality. James, for example, is addressed to the 12 tribes of the dispersed abroad. 
a designation for believers everywhere, likely all Jewish Christians at that early date. Authorship. Of the four men bearing this name, James, in the New Testament, only two have proposed as the author of this letter. James, the son of Zebedee, and the brother of John, and James, the half-brother of Jesus. It is unlikely that John of Zebedee was the author, for he was martyred on A.D. 44, and that's in Acts 12. The authoritative tone of the letter not only rules out the two lesser-known James in the New Testament, James the Less and then James of Luke 6, but points to the half-brother of Jesus who became the recognized leader of the Jerusalem church. Conclusion is supported by resemblances of the Greek between this epistle and the speech of James at the Council of Jerusalem. Date. Some, some denying the authorship by James because of the excellent Greek used, place the writing of the book in the very end of the first century. However, Galileans knew and used Greek well, although with Aramaic and Hebrew. Furthermore, an earlier date is indicated by the lack of reference to the Jerusalem Council. By the use of the word assembly, synagogue, for the church in 2.2, the strong expectation of the Lord's return, the, uh, the canon. The canonical status of this letter was questioned until the church realized that its author was almost surely the half-brother of Jesus. Luther did not question the genuineness of James, only that it's usefulness in comparison with Paul's epistles, because it says little about the justification by faith while emphasizing works. Contents. The book is concerned with the practical aspects of Christian conduct, and it tells how faith works in everyday life. James' purpose was to provide a concrete ethical instruction. Compared to Paul, James shows much less interest in formal theology, although the letter is not without theological statements. Many subjects are discussed here in this book, making it a, like a series of brief sayings arranged in the form of a letter. While there is little formal structure to the book, it is many instructions explained how to be a doers of the word. And in 108 verses in the epistle, there are references or allusions from 22 books of the Old Testament and at least 15 allusions to the teachings of Christ as embodied in the Sermon on the Mount. Among the key subjects discussed are faith and works, and the use of tongue and the prayer of the sick. And then we go on to James and the outlines the whole thing, the timeline and everything. So here we go. The letter to James. The greeting. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes who are dispersed abroad. Greetings. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let the endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. For if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives all to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the God and the Lord. Being a double-minded man, unstable in his ways, and the brother of humble circumstances is to glory in his high position. The rich man is to glory in his humiliation because, like flowering grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with a scorching wind and withers the grass and its flower falls off, and the beauty of its appearance is destroyed. 
so too the rich man in the midst of his pursuits will fade away. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Okay, the pedigree of the trials. Let no one say that he is tempted, for I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. That's the truth. Then, when lust was conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's accomplished, brings forth death, the purpose of God. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren, for every good thing given, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of first fruits among his creatures, and then the word. This you know, my beloved brethren, that everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of a man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all remains of the wickedness and humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers who are delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks in, at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has lifted himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he is. But one who looks intently at the perfect law and the law of liberty and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not abide his bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God and Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. That's it. And I think it pretty much says the whole truth and gives us direction on how to live our lives and how to be fruitful. As that we just not speak for the words, that we're doers of the words. And every day, incorporate this in every day, how you live, that this is a trial, be patient. When you get stressed, you know, pray to God to help you, and he, and he will. And uh, let's read the notes down here. And then uh, it says one, the note for, the, for one is the letter is addressed to the Jewish Christians scattered throughout the world. And trials faced with joy result in endurance, which leads to maturity and then full uh, development. And so that's where we're supposed to be grown and full, fully developed humans. God gives wisdom abundantly and graciously when we ask. And going back and forth in between belief and unbelief, that's called doubting. And the double-minded man is a man of divided allegiance. And it does make that person a weak person. His humiliation, this goes by uh, the rich man, either by losing his money or by being brought through some circumstance in order to realize that money means little and is at best transitory. And then once he's been approved, so after it stood this test, you get the crown of life, and the crown is eternal life, one of the rewards or prizes for the Christian. And then tempted. To tempt is to try, to test, to prove, to source it to evil. And then the same Greek word is used to mean the trials that are designed to prove the quality of one's character. 
In this verse, the word means a solicitation to evil. And this, James says, is not from God, but from man's own inner lust. So when people are saying an attempt to self-excuse is based on the ignorance of both God and the nature of temptation. So when you're saying God tempt me, it's not true. It's actually you you have the temptation in you, and you lust after something. Get that straight. Okay, carried away and enticed. The picture behind these words is that the hunter or the fisher is luring his prey from its safe retreat. And the progression of it is frightening and certainly less sin and death is is frightening. It just gets worse and worse. It's just like addiction. You should do one, you do two, you do 12, you do 2,000, and then it does you in. And then um, it says every good thing gives, both the gift and the act of giving. The point is that all these good things come by the, from above, and the statement uh, may have come from an early Christian hymn, Father of Light. God is the source of all light, physical, intellectual, moral, and spiritual, and he does not change. Thank God for that. And that he will. God's will or purpose is the the cause of our regeneration, that we can actually uh, begin all again and be alive and fruitful. And uh, even in the face of death, we we could actually heal and grow and start all over. That's what I believe in do overs. Make many mistakes, but with God and His forgiveness, we can move forward and use His strength. And um, that is it for that part. And uh, I hope everybody's having a wonderful morning. Uh, we're here in uh, Southern California, and uh, it's raining right now, so that's kind of amazing. A first sign of maybe winter because it's been pretty uh, warm over here. And uh, I've been thinking about everyone and everywhere where you live. You know, I wish you all the best in everything. And uh, I want to, you to remember that you're never alone and that uh, my thoughts are with you. And uh, people listening to archives, I appreciate you very much. And please pray for me and help me keep going too because um, I need I need all the help I can get, you know, because I'm just a human in the world. And I want to apologize. I work sometimes 14-hour days on Saturdays. And it leaves me very tired on Sunday, but um, I've been showing up anyway. And um, sometimes I'm late, but I will be here, God willing. And so what we're going to do is read James 2 uh, next week out of our our Blessed Holy Bible. And I think I have time for a little short story that I'll read out of the guidepost, the final short one. And I do pray that wherever you are, that if you're, you're, you're ill, just to have that fortitude to uh, just get up and stay well. And God bless you, and I hope you feel better. And we pray for your healing. Okay, so this is My Irascible Aunt Alice by James Marsh, Little Rock, Arkansas. I was going to visit Aunt Alice, I said, starting out of the apartment windows with the courtyard to five floors below. I was up from the Atlantic visiting my parents in Port Chester, New York. I always tried to call on family members when there, but I would guess that my mother was going to say this errand. Why do you go see her? You know how Aunt Alice is. I knew only too well. If everybody in our family were not good at marks and arguing, Aunt Alice was a valedictorian. Naturally abrasive and easily roused, chronically critical, and she tangled ball of emotions, impossible to love, 
but she was dad's sister, and she lived only three floors downstairs from my parents' place. I figured I could make a quick visit and escape from my patients. Uh, we're going to have to go um, uh, read the story, uh, carry it up on next next week, and uh, I apologize for that. Um, it's a heavy rain right here, and uh, I've got to go check on some things. So in closing, may God bless and keep you in his loving arms so you may have the strength to face whatever is ahead. You are never alone. Remember, I love you. God loves you. And may your best dreams come true, and true love lives in your heart. And this, in closing, say the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. What key?